to Autism in the Adult podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Teresa Regan, an adult neuropsychologist. I specialize in brain behavior relationships for those 14 and older. I'm the parent of an amazing teen on the autism spectrum and a certified autism specialist. I am deeply grateful to bring validation, hope, and purpose to individuals and their families living on the autism spectrum. With this mission at its core, I founded and currently direct the OSF Healthcare Adult Diagnostic Autism Center in Central Illinois. My books include Understanding Autism in Adults and Aging Adults and Understanding Autistic Behaviors. For more information and to join my online community for free, visit www.adultandgeriatricautism.com. Please join me in helping individuals, couples, and families thrive while living life on the autism spectrum. Hello and welcome. I'm glad you joined me today for our podcast episode on attention deficit disorder and autism spectrum disorder. So the first thing I want to say is that these diagnoses, uh, brain diagnoses, these don't exist in the wild. So what happens is that researchers and clinicians see that certain characteristics hang together in certain individuals. And when the brain is involved, they hang together because they impact certain pathways or locations of the brain. And therefore, those characteristics, the ones that hang together in the brain, tend to be expressed in an individual. So when we see that characteristics tend to hang together and are expressed in one person, then we talk about, well, let's call this something. And that's where this diagnostic term comes in. It's a way of summarizing this tendency to have these qualities expressed together. The qualities hang together because they stem from interruptions of the same or similar brain pathways or locations. So let's take a step back from developmental conditions for now and let's talk about dementia. So dementia diagnosis is similar in the sense that multiple brain areas are involved and this can tell us a little bit about the type of dementia that the individual might have. So a particular dementia may impact the hippocampus first and then spread to other parts of the brain and get worse over time. Another might impact the white matter tracts first and spare the hippocampus and therefore the characteristics will look different and will give these conditions a different name, a different way of expressing the constellation of things that we see in this one individual. When we talk about developmental conditions like ADD, ADHD, or autism spectrum, the same uh, general concept applies. So we see certain characteristics cluster together. We wrap words around that to describe a specific diagnosis. And then the next step is that researchers and clinicians then have to decide when do we call it ADD? When do we call it autism spectrum disorder? So there's this 
kind of creation. It's a little bit of an artificial creation about, yeah, we see these characteristics hang together. We do have to put some type of boundary around and have a consensus around when we call it what. So the uh, committee of researchers and clinicians might say, well, we're going to call it A if the person has five of these characteristics and two of these. And when it comes to ADD and ASD, autism spectrum disorder, both are conditions that stem from difficulties in the subcortical frontal lobe pathways. So subcortical means the center of the brain and the center is densely connected with the front of the brain. So these, imp these pathways are impacted in ADD and ASD. And these pathways impact what we call executive function. So there's a similar anatomy and these pathways are in charge of some similar uh, characteristics. And that's why we get diagnoses with some uh, common qualities. So let's take a step back and talk about what executive function is. These are brain skills that act as the, quote, executive of the brain. So while other parts of the brain are doing their own duties, like learning or producing speech or problem solving, the executive function skills are in charge of putting all of those skills together and allowing for a useful and meaningful outcome. So for example, let's say an engineer can perform each of her job duties really well. The executive function is important in making sure that her timing and accuracy flow together, that she organizes the details, plans ahead, she can stay calm when unexpected things happen, she can multitask, think outside the box. So all of these things that give her an edge in making her skills, her engineering skills, meaningful and functional. Like this skill ends up making a difference, it works. Similarly, you can also think of executive function as a symphony conductor. And I kind of like this image a little bit better. So even if the violinist plays very expertly and the cellist and the wind instruments and the piano and the vocalists, if they're not coming together, there's really not that uh, musical quality. It's not melodic. It's, uh, it doesn't come together to make meaningful, moving music. And that's what that subcortical frontal system is supposed to do. That's what executive function is supposed to do. So if we step back from executive function and we go back to talking about ADD and autism spectrum, both conditions have very core executive function deficits by definition because it's that center and front pathway. It's the similar pathways that give them these similar qualities. So in ADD, we see difficulties with attention, organization, sustaining effort, task completion, staying on top of details. And with the ADHD, we see more of this poor inhibition, this interrupting, blurting out answers, this impulsivity. 
Each of these qualities represents executive function difficulty. So ADD is a diagnosis of executive function difficulty. In autism spectrum disorder, the individual will also have executive function difficulty. The pattern of the strengths and weaknesses may be similar or different from the ADD individual. For example, when it comes to executive function, we all have strengths and weaknesses in that pattern of how we're able to execute things. So if you take one individual on the autism spectrum and one with attention deficit, you'll find some similarities and differences in how their executive function works. One thing that it's often true for the autism spectrum is that this is a person with deficits in cognitive and behavioral flexibility that is part of executive function. Other features also represent difficulties with the center and the front part of the brain. So this tendency toward repetition, getting stuck, being unable to release a thought, idea, or behavior, thinking categorically rather than abstractly. Not all of these fall into our traditional concept of executive function, but they all are functions of the center and front part of the brain. So both diagnoses are reflecting difficulty in the subcortical frontal pathways both will always involve some level of executive function deficit as we've defined it. But the individual with autism spectrum shows broader characteristics than the key part of executive function for ADD. In the big picture, the individual with autism will have executive function difficulty but also things like social skills deficits, stereotyped behaviors, obsessions and fixed ideas, and sensory processing characteristics. One of the things I always, always recommend is looking at the big picture diagnosis first. So if they both have executive function difficulty, what you want to do is to rule out things that would be only consistent with the ASD bigger diagnosis. So you can't distinguish them based on executive function difficulty, but you do need to look at the social skills deficits, the stereotyped behaviors, the obsessions and fixed ideas, the sensory processing, and is this bigger picture diagnosis present? But that's not what happens in general life. What happens is that someone is having difficulty with attention, organization, kind of keeping things together, and automatically they're gonna meet this criteria for executive function difficulty, and they get the diagnosis of ADD. The problem with starting with the ADD diagnosis is then nobody gets this broader assessment. And there are autism-specific recommendations that this person will not get. And community services available for autism spectrum disorder are not going to cover the individual with a diagnosis of ADD. It's also important to know that medications in the spectrum are not likely to have the same success rate or side effect profile within the spectrum that uh, they might for a neurotypical. 
one of the other huge difficulties that we have now that executive function difficulty has this go-to diagnosis of ADD is that our research doesn't make sense. So if we research and have groups that have an existing ADD diagnosis versus an existing ASD diagnosis, the problem becomes that you're going to see this overlap come out in the research. And part of it is overlap just of that subcortical frontal system, but part of it is that our ADD group has not really been diagnosed well. So you're gonna get this mix of learning difficulty, intellectual difficulty, auditory processing deficit, sensory disorder, and ASD mixed up in this ADD group. And you're going to get this artificial suggestion that, oh, this person has an ADD diagnosis, we're going to run with that, and we see they also have social difficulty. So the conclusion that the ADD individual also has social difficulty, uh, it, it's problematic if ASD wasn't specifically assessed for and ruled out. Now the DSM-5, the Diagnostic Manual, does note that an individual with both diagnoses is completely valid and appropriate. But the ultimate goal is to make sure that each individual with an ADD diagnosis has been assessed for other things that could cause attention problems. So is this actually someone with a learning disability and they can't focus and pay attention because they can't process the information and make sense of it? Maybe they have an auditory processing deficit, an intellectual disability, sensory processing things that make it difficult to sit in a chair and they need to fidget with things. We can do better in evaluating these specifics. For example, if everyone with fatigue were assigned a chronic fatigue syndrome diagnosis, they'd really miss out on things that could help them. Perhaps it's anemia that's causing this or a thyroid problem, and these things can be treated in a very specific way. The same is true for attention. If someone has attention problems, they really would be best served for the attention root, the cause of these attention problems to be specifically assessed for, and then we can make really good recommendations. Is this a pure executive function difficulty and it really makes sense to call it ADD? Or is it a mix of other things? Are they dyspraxic? Uh, do they have a math learning disability? Are they on the autism spectrum? So in summary, both ADD and ASD are conditions with core executive function difficulties. The point I wanna emphasize is to make sure that we are looking at all causes of executive function difficulty, all root issues, really recognizing that each individual should be assessed for ASD, for learning difficulties, and for other things that can interfere with attention. Thank you for joining me, and I hope you join me for the next episode.